The PC drops, Xbox saves, and January could be a little golden. Happy Friday, friends, and I gotta, I gotta tell you guys something. Uh, <laughs> open the pantry. Some chips, Pringles specifically, fell, and I caught them before they hit the ground. Nobody saw it, but just I needed to tell somebody, and so here we are. That was about five minutes ago, and uh, you know, just whatever, just doing dad stuff, and uh, here we are. January, week done. There was, there was a lot of news this week. This was a pretty interesting week, and we're just going to dive right into it, and uh, timestamps, as always, on the bottom. If you're watching on the YouTubes, if you're on the podcast, you can scrub or something, whatever. Here we go. Let's dive in. Uh, PC sales fell 16% in 2022 and 28.3% in Q4, and I suspect the bloodbath of negative numbers is going to continue for some time. Now, this isn't unexpected news. There's going to be ebbs and flows obviously when the the panty hit and everyone's like the pc is back because everybody's buying pcs again well people don't update their pcs every year and or every two years for that matter it's a pretty long cycle to be honest and so there, there's going to be a decline and if you need any more information that it is going to continue to decline uh go talk to intel go talk to amd go talk to nvidia go talk to these guys and look at their forecast for sales if they're not going up PC sales can't be going up too. So I suspect that these numbers are going to continue to look negative for some time. And that's just kind of be it going to be expected. Uh, keeping on the bad news train here, at least for HoloLens, the U.S. Army is not going to be buying $400 million more worth of HoloLens. The Congress uh, shut that down. But they did authorize $40 million to go build another version. So here we are, Microsoft's HoloLens. We kind of been hearing for a while that it wasn't working out so well. And so it looks like they're going to take another shot at it here with another $40 million uh, to try to improve and perfect and see if this is something that's going to be issued to the military. If not, then there you go. Anyways, uh, if you are an Apple user like myself, there's some good news on the horizon because Apple Music, Apple TV, and other apps from Apple look like they're headed to the App Store. And it look like, I mean, they they arrived actually with the latest Insider build. And so this is just Apple bringing more stuff over. The big question becomes, why? Why are they doing this now? Well, Apple's a service business now and they need, you know, there's Microsoft claims, what, 1.5 billion-ish users on Windows and they can't really ignore them. And so getting these first-party apps out there that give a better experience uh, is, there you go. The interesting thing, the interesting thing here is I believe they actually use WinUI 3. I could be wrong there, but it, it looked like it haven't poked completely under the hood yet. And so maybe they're, maybe they're bleeding edge windows apps and so yeah hopefully maybe one day we'll get iMessage on the pc i i don't first i don't see that happening until apple start charges directly for it or finds a way to monetize that which they could really easily do i'd happily pay them i don't know a few bucks a year to be able to to be able to do that but but here we are uh microsoft also acquired fungible to improve data center efficiency just a small little acquisition here but they're, they're big on their efficiency trains here, and uh, it's part of their carbon neutral stance, and there's a little bit more on the Xbox stuff coming up here in a second. Uh, rumors about the Surface Duo 3 appear to be accurate, at least according to what I've been heard, hearing as well, is that the Duo 3 is not coming in the way that we, we foresee. This is the Duo 1, which I still contend is a superior form factor to the Duo 2, even though it doesn't have a camera. I still think this is the, it's just, I still think this is the better form factor. That's just me speaking. But what we're going to get is a true foldable where the screen is actually just one large screen. I will point out that I... So I don't know if this is the right move for Microsoft. The, the reason being is how... Okay, 
they would have been on the third generation of this. And we all know the, the little meme inside of Microsoft. They don't get it right until the third time around. And maybe they thought that this third time around for the Duo just wasn't going to be it. And so they're going to try something different. Fine, that's great. But the problem is now they're going to be playing even further catch up. So I'm assuming they're going to go to somebody like Samsung and use their screen technology, which maybe that is a little bit better. But either way, they're coming in late to this market. It doesn't mean they can't do it well. It's far from a mature segment by all means. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see what they're able to do. But it doesn't look like it's coming this year, which means it's coming next year, which means we're not getting, you know, Samsung will be on its Fold 5 by then. Somewhere, something like that. And so... It'd be tough competition. Either way, we'll see what Microsoft has up its sleeve. Uh, other things that are super interesting and very important to the Microsoft, the Microsoft overall. Uh, it looks like Microsoft's going to be investing more into chat GPT or open AI to about the tune of $10 billion. Now, this is a massive investment from Microsoft, obviously, especially when you compare it or pair it up with the ABK acquisition for the, the Activision one. They're going to be spending roughly, assuming that deal closes, $80 billion here betting on the future, but their their deal with OpenAI is very different than a traditional investment, actually. So they put this money in, and then Microsoft gets a, a certain percentage of revenues in perpetuity until they're paid back, and then their, their position actually it looks like it dissolves. So it looks like OpenAI is trying really, really hard through its investment strategy to just stay neutral and not actually be tied or be owned by an entity. Now, until they're paid back, Microsoft will own like 49%, I say own, like 49% of the company or something like that. Either way, chat GPT, open AI technology is going to be coming to everything inside of Microsoft. This is a huge bet for the company and something that I foresee Microsoft is already rumored to be putting it into Bing, uh, Word, and I'm, are we going to, <laughs> Word, PowerPoint, I'm sure we'll see it in Excel and we'll see it elsewhere. The question becomes that jumped into my mind is like, are we, this is how Microsoft's going to launch E9. So there's E3, 5, I think there's 7. Uh, we'll get like an E9 SKU. That's the AI SKU of Office 365. And that's how they're going to jack up that, that pricing because it's not free to use chat GPT, right? They, they have a token system where you pay sometimes tenths of a penny per transaction. But for Microsoft, that will add up when you have scale. And so they've got to find a way to make money doing this. So there we go. Uh, it, it'll, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I think this is what's going to be the backbone potentially of the Windows 12 messaging. It's like Windows now with AI. Uh, that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of like my thing. That's what I think. Cause you've already, Microsoft's already put AI chips or starting to see these AI chips inside of some surface products. I think we'll see more next year. And that'll be the year of the AI, the year of Windows 12. Um, you know, the tea leaves kind of line up for something like that. So speaking of Windows, uh, support Windows 7 and 8.1 is finito. If you're still running that, you're technically unsupported. Although I suspect at this point, especially if you're a Windows 7 user, you don't really care. You're just going to roll the dice and hope that you do not get hamstrung by something else. And I'm sure there's some people still running 8.1. There's a, there's a weird and odd loyal fan base. And I don't, I don't judge you. It was certainly a quirky and unique operating system. Uh, one... Yeah, we all know what 8.1 is. So, anyways, you're not you're no longer getting updates. That's sort of the thing. Uh, Windows 11 25276 was released this week and it brings new task manager features, specifically a kernel live memory dumps in task manager, which is a big deal for uh, specific demographics, specifically developers and security and other areas. So that's actually a big deal. Live kernel dumps have been something that that community has wanted for a while. You can also now update cloud storage settings in Windows 11. And there's also a new a new app compatibility window thing uh, prompt that Microsoft has created. So uh, one thing I do want to point out, because I've been getting pinged about this a few times. Does it seem like Microsoft's 
uh, messaging and aggressiveness to get people to update to Windows 11 is like they turned it up to 11. Heck, see what I did there. Anyways, uh, it just seems like Microsoft is getting more and more aggressive about getting people to move to Windows 11. I've been hearing from people who accident keep accidentally being updated against their will, hands tied behind their back, and then I just usually just shoot them a link that says, hey, here's how to roll back. But it does, it just feels like Microsoft's getting more aggressive to get people on 11 from 10. Also uh, pulled out of the Vive tool is that it looks like it related to Windows 11. File Explorer is getting some additional changes. I, it, I get real nervous about this. One, File Explorer is like that bedrock of what is Windows. Every, it's the it's the backbone. People, File Explorer is one of the things that makes Windows great. If you've ever used Mac, the Finder is trash compared to File Explorer. File Explorer is on a rock. It's Gibraltar. It is. I get nervous when Microsoft make changes. Now the tabs are fine, although I think the tab imp implementation was terrible because you can't pull them out. Maybe we'll get that one day. But the landing page of File Explorer looks like it's going to be changing, and I'm nervous about how it's going to change. So, in theory, they could do it smart and bring in like Office 365 content and whatever else, and make it like your like a little dashboard of last used documents, which it kind of is, but it's not super great today. So maybe they're updating that, but they're going to be pulling in more web content. Which the first thing that jumps into my mind is uh, more MSN junk or ads or whatever else landing there, and that's that's really frustrating. So we'll see. I, you know. I'd like to think Microsoft's going to take the high road and not touch the sacredness that is File Explorer and not shove ads in there. But this is Microsoft at the end of it. It's Microsoft. And uh, unfortunately, they have no shame about shoving ads everywhere these days. And I mean, who doesn't? Apple is, is on that bandwagon now. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, spinning on over to the gaming side. Microsoft is making all of your consoles more power efficient. So if you have an Xbox Series S and X, I think the update is either out or rolling out now. It's changing the default state and it's turning everybody's consoles over to the shutdown option rather than the standby. Now, technically speaking, this means your boot up time is going to be longer. But at the same time, Microsoft says it's somewhere between like 15 and 20 times less power is used in shutdown than standby. And they're doing this to go help their devices go carbon neutral because on a, a single device, like just the one Series X, I have, I have two consoles in my house, X and S, the two, just in my house, not that big of a deal. But when you multiply that over a million households or how many ever households are, have consoles in them, it really does kind of add up. And so that is something Microsoft is doing. You can revert back to always the instant on. And more importantly, they do have a thing called active hours, which is when the console thinks you're most likely to use it, it will actually turn back on to that standby state. So it should boot up faster which is actually a really smart move because it probably knows, hey, you're probably not gaming between 2 and 5 a.m. There's no need to be in that standby state. Uh, shocking not many people, coming out of the UK, the ERA over there says that basically physical game purchases are dead. They said 89.5% of games were sold were sold as digital downloads and only 10.5% were physical sales. And I would be curious if that 10.5% physical sales were like the higher end SKUs where you can get like a, like if you get like the Diablo Ultimate Bundle Edition and you get a statue or something like that. Um, those limited edition runs. I'm curious if that's the majority of the physical sales. But yeah, physical game sales, and they're kind of done. They're kind of, I mean... I understand why you would buy them. And I also remember when Microsoft started going this route, everyone was like, well, I can't resell my games. Well, clearly, at least in the UK, nobody cares because they're all buying digital downloads. And that's just how, that's how I do it too. Because who wants to get up and walk over and have to bend at the waist and put a 
DVD and her game in the drive just to play it either way. Uh, so we've got a couple games coming to Game Pass, Monster Hunt Rise and Persona games in January. More importantly to me, obviously we have the January 25th event where we're going to get a bunch of stuff. It looks like we're going to get release dates too, at least according to the German blog that was slightly different than... Uh, slightly different than the U.S. version once you did the translations that says we will get release dates. So that will be interesting to see when Forza lands. Yeah. The other thing too, January though, there's still a rumor out there that 007, remember GoldenEye is coming to Xbox, right? That Now we're not going to get online multiplayer, but hell, I'm going to probably play through that campaign again. So rumor has it, January is when that's happening. Maybe it'll be like a shadow drop at this January 25th event. Who knows? Uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled, my friends, because I am looking forward to that one. Now, on to the questions of the week. So let's just dive in here. Hold on, wait for them to reload. Pro tip, you got to scroll down. <laughs> so whatever reason on the threat.com site, there's a little bug that when you load it, uh, the comments don't show until you scroll like one pixel and then they pop. So either way, just there's your pro tip. For the day. Eisner says, Microsoft does not get enough credit for the work they're doing with Flight Slim, particularly with acquiring an excellent modding team, working on the title improve the avionics and difficult or and default aircraft, as well as partnering with, with many others. Do you have any insight as to what their relationship looks like and why uh, Microsoft just hasn't gone out and acquired Asibo? Asibo. Asibo? I can never pronounce that correctly. Uh, first off, I thought that they didn't want to be acquired. I actually... I remember Microsoft did some investments and uh, I thought they wanted to remain independent. It's one of the reasons why Microsoft hasn't purchased them. And the other side of it too, I agree. Flight Sim is this quiet force of nature that Microsoft has across its consoles. Remember, these runs on the Series S and X like and the PC and has a, a very loyal fan base. It's actually one of Microsoft's, like, I don't think they promote it enough, personally speaking, just because of how awesome it is. But besides that, probably because they got to do talk about the new goodness and that, that stuff. But I don't think Microsoft wants to acquire them because maybe it's just as good as it's going to get and, like, this, this model works and they've got bigger fish they want to acquire, like the ABK. As of right now, Microsoft's not going to be acquiring any game studio in my opinion, until this deal closes. And I think even after that, there's going to be a pretty big lull uh, from Microsoft acquiring companies because they'll have a ton of IP. They'll have to justify that $70 billion. It's kind of like if you think about it from it, justifying it to the investor's perspective. Yes, we went out and spent $70 billion about all the studios. But you know what? We need more studios. That's what we need. We need more. And spending $70 billion this year wasn't enough. I, that, that's a hard kind of pill to swallow. And so if you can't do it with Bethesda and Activision under your portfolio, I don't know if more titles are honestly going to fix uh, fix that. So Sydney 2K says, happy Black Friday, Brad. I don't, Black Friday, at least here in the U.S., is not today. But whatever, it's Friday. We're jamming. We're vibing. So last week, Jim Ryan announced that CES did not, that not only did Sony sell 30 million PlayStation 5s, but the supply constraints that have plagued the production of the console have all been resolved. Now that the PlayStation 5s are reasonably easy to get, how do you see sales going? Well, I think it, you got to remember that just because it's like, you know, line in the sand, it's not a wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden all the production problems are solved. It's a ramp, right? It's a ramp. They, Microsoft and Sony for that matter, have 
an ideal demand gen that they believe their consoles are at at today's rate. And so they look at their ramp up of consoles and it's like, well, we can only make 60% of that. Well, the next week it's or next month it's 80% and then it's 90%. So it's not just like a, a binary black and white. They've been ramping up for a while now, which is why they're probably at 30, 30 million. And I suspect that they had a really good Q4. I don't think it's going to, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a good thing for the industry when you can go to the store and buy a console right off the shelf the better thing is is that if sony ends up with too many playstation 5s that's when you start seeing the deals the sales the bundles and so that's how you'll start to know uh if sony is starting to see if they're starting to see demand fall off a little bit which given the economy right now maybe is not all that unprecedented and so expect to see potentially better bundles and value deals coming here in the near future and that will kind of you know that'll play it out for you Bear says, Surface Duo 3 becoming a flip device instead of a dual screen device is an interesting choice. Any chance we get a larger one, more like the Samsung Flip Hybrid or other folding devices shown at CES? CES or is a Surface Neo dream dead? I, Neo, go get the Yoga 9i. That's probably going to be the easiest and fastest way for you to get the, the, the Yoga or the Surface Neo. The problem is, is that it still doesn't have that custom tailored software experience that we were expecting with the Neo is not going to be on the vanilla version of uh, Windows, unfortunately, which is what I kept looking for. I kept looking forward to see if that Yoga had a specific version of Windows. It doesn't. So at least it didn't uh, in some of their press material. So we'll put it that way. Um, are they going to build something larger than the Surface Duo 3? I don't know. Microsoft's still trying to just land a pocketable that people actually want to buy in volume. And so I think until that happens, they're not going to go upstream because I think, the in my opinion, the tablet market... Is a, is a lot smaller than the smartphone market. I don't think that's my opinion. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. Rageous People says, hypothetically, if you were in Uncle Phil's shoes and you were the CEO of Microsoft Gaming, what studios or publishers, assuming they would want to be acquired, would you attempt to acquire if the ABK does not go through? Well, if ABK doesn't go through, then they've probably got a bad chance of, of landing anything big. I mean, the other one's like, be like, you know what? Just say screw it. Go buy EA because they've got Madden, they've got FIFA, and they've got what Need for Speed uh, in there. Maybe maybe EA. I, I don't quite know. I think that if Microsoft doesn't land ABK, I think they should just turn around and try to snatch up Call of Duty exclusivity in some way or form. Just be like, all right, ABK, we'll give you $10 billion for Call of Duty exclusivity for a while and just really stick it to Sony. And you think, that's the business deal. Fine. We, we can't spend $70 billion. We'll just do this and uh, we'll have it. We'll have that. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what they will do if the ABK deal. They might try to go get a bunch of smaller studios. Like the, the Flight Sim Company might be an interesting one, assuming they would even allow to be bought. Maybe Project CDPR uh, or CDJR, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. I was confused that one with Project Red uh, of the Cyberpunk. <laughs> it's early. It is early. I did not think I'd be talking about <laughs> Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Um, those are that's a dealership acronym either way they could be an interesting choice i'm not quite sure what they would do if they don't they could try to land a bunch of exclusivities uh through branding deals you could imagine um, them trying to lock up like actual brand deals like with nike or something like that to build some custom stuff i'm not really sure where they will go if they can't buy abk they're really really trying to get this one through Amir says, is there a chance Microsoft would invest in other entertainment industries? I, 
given their track record, I hope not. The only one that would make sense, like if the ABK deal fell through, like go buy Spotify. But I, I don't think that's going to really, I don't think that's the business model that Microsoft wants to be in. And they've tried it and people say, well, music services would be great. Well, you've got a history of Xbox music. You've got Groove music. You have Zune music. And just none of them work out. And just that it, it just doesn't ever really work out. And getting into the entertainment industry, aside from gaming, is very expensive right now because just everybody, there, there's ever, there's streaming services as far as the eye can see, and they're all trying to buy content. And so you're going to be in a bidding war. Mr. PKI says, I missed the window for last week. How about, well, closing with this one, actually, you're not, this isn't the last question, but it's near the end. Speaking of CES and conferences, are you going to any this year? And are there any interest that the community might be interested in attending? Uh, I don't currently have any conferences on my agenda. No, the only thing I'm looking forward to that might come out of a conference is loops from Office 365 or Microsoft because we're still just... Anytime now, Microsoft. Anytime you want to ship that so I can loop it up, if you will. Um, I mean, there's... E, well, is E3 is kind of coming back. We'll see. Xbox Fan Fest, if those ever end up in your neighborhood, are definitely worth going to. But there's nothing super high on my agenda. Like, I'm I'm so burnt out of CES for going for so many years. Uh, I, Build is always a great one, but we don't not quite know what's going on with Build yet this year. I'm hoping that it's our in-person event, but we'll see. Uh, Dave Meske says, Have you heard anything about Game Pass Ultimate Family Plan launching in the U.S.? Uh, I thought it was supposed to be live before the end of the holiday, like during the Christmas time. Apparently that wasn't the case. So there were... There, oh gosh, it was like earlier this week. I can't remember. Some people were seeing more inf more details like showing up in places, making it look like it was about to launch. But no, we haven't heard anything official yet from Microsoft when it will launch specifically in the U.S. And the Joe Finn wrapping it up for the week. Is Windows, ooh, is Windows leadership good enough to avoid another Windows 8 debacle? Windows 8 was an overcorrection to touch UI. Will Windows 12 be an overcorrection to AI? This is an interesting question because I am convinced, given Microsoft's investments in OpenAI and ChatGPT, that Windows 12, when you go to look at the marketing message, it's going to be Windows, now with AI. The question is, how does Microsoft implement this? Is it like a Cortana that you actually want to use? Is it a Clippy that has ChatGPT, which I think we should call Dark Clippy, like Clippy's Revenge, right? Uh, I don't know. Right now, Microsoft's the only thing we've heard publicly it seems is it's coming to Bing and that it's coming to Word and it's coming to PowerPoint and it, it's easy to see how it could come to something like Word. It's like, hey, write my history paper or whatever and it gives you an outline or, or writes your document which you have to proofread and go through. It is not good enough yet to do that. Uh, and it's also really obvious too, typically speaking, when AI writes stuff. It's just... It lacks personality. It's the only way I can describe it. And um, either way... So the question becomes, will Windows 12 be an overcorrection to AI? We don't know how it's going to be implemented yet. The thing that sits in the back of my mind is that because Microsoft doesn't own OpenAI, yes, they have a big deal, big relationship with them, um, and I'm sure they're getting discounts on it, whatever, is these chat GPT queries aren't free. So assuming, and that maybe assuming here is a bad thing, that Microsoft implements it as we would expect from an outsider perspective, and it actually is a service that costs money, is how is Microsoft going to justify the cost, right? They're going to ship Windows now, and now they're going to have another another uh, uh, cost associated with it, and an ongoing cost that is variable doesn't feel like something Microsoft would do without charging for it. So the question becomes, in my mind, what I'm trying to figure out is, how are they going to charge for this to the consumer currently? 
Maybe they don't. Maybe it's only an enterprise feature. Maybe that's where it starts is the enterprise stuff gets the AI and they're paying through software assurance on an annual basis, something like that. Maybe that's how it works. I'll be curious to see how they do it on the consumer side because consumers are now trained not to pay for software. I mean, we, we, you don't directly pay for Windows 11 or Windows 10 or could you pay for Windows 8? I think you could pay for Windows 8, right? But the updates just are free. Like you just, Windows 12, I would ex I'm not expecting to pay money for Windows 12. How are they gonna get me to pay money to pay for chat GPT? And maybe I'll have to have an Office 365 subscription tied to my MSA and that's how they'll do it. That is what I'm curious to see how Microsoft handles that situation. So, uh, but is Windows 8 leadership, or is Windows leadership good enough to avoid that? Uh, we'll see, we'll see. You know, the best plans always last until the first casualty, right? Or whatever that war quote is, or something like the best battle plans last right up until you encounter the enemy. So we will see, my friends. We will see. And uh, yeah, that wraps it up. I don't, I don't know why I keep rolling my R's. Maybe just enjoy it. Maybe that's just, that just wraps it up. We're, we're just ending it. That wraps up the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. We'll catch all of you right back here next time.